Hey guys, welcome back to this week's podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and encourages you. Be sure to check out our website to find out more about us. Here's today's message. Thanks, Paul. God bless you. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. And as I said before here, brother and sister is an everlasting word that we will say to each other even in heaven. So I'm so excited and thank God for the series that he has put to us uh, during last week and the coming weeks, God willing, to talk about it while we wait for Jesus. And actually, I know that we are in restrictions and, and uh, you know, this pandemic that we live in in the last 18 months, but it's sometimes the, the time around the message will help more to understand why God, 2,000 years, was telling us, wait for me, wait for me, because you will not find in this earth anything that will be more than the resurrected king is resurrecting me. That's what we sang before, but it's, it's the same thing that God was keep telling us about as far as you are in the resurrected king, you will be one day resurrected. And that day of what I can myself feel and read from the Bible, especially the prophecies, this day is near. Uh, in this series that uh, started last week, uh, while we wait for Jesus, today I'm going to uh, uh, answer four questions. One of them is the one that has just been mentioned. Do you know what is restraining him now? Who is him? And what is the restraining thing that led him uh, not appearing or not revealing till now? So let us read from the Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We will read from verse 1 to verse 12. And um, you can read from any translation, but I am going to read from the ESV, the ESV translation. Uh, it says in verse 1, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or as a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restraining it will do so until he is out of the way. 
And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in righteousness. I know this is a little bit difficult passage, but we'll try to uh, wrestle with the Word of God and get some inputs from it to answer the questions. The four questions I'm just going to share with you now. And the main one is, do you know what is restraining him now? Just the context of these, the city of Thessalonians or the church of the Thessalonians where Paul and Silas and Timothy has written this second apostle to them. The context is that uh, the main teaching of this apostle is about the day of the Lord or um, the day of the destruction, the one they mention in this passage. And even the word is the day of the Lord in verse 2 and in verse 3 when he say, in that day, uh, for that day. So he's mentioning on that day of the Lord. So the message was to clear what is the meaning of the day of the Lord. And um, this church, Paul has sent them uh, a, a, a message before. It used to be actually most of the scholars confirming that it used to be a few months before the second one. So even the first Thessalonians were few months before the second Thessalonians because when they received the first one, the day of the Lord he mentioned quickly in chapter 5 in first Thessalonians was not clearly understood by them. And that's why when of what we just read, some people start deceiving them. He said to not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed. So he doesn't want any deception to happen to them. So he quickly... And most of the people say he was in Corinthians when he has sent this message as well. So the first message and the second message were, well, he was in Corinthians because he spent in Corinthians around one year and a half. And these two messages has been written during this time because according to the book of Acts chapter 18, Paul and Silas and Timothy has been all together during Corinthians time. They was not together before or after. So from Acts chapter 18, we know that the three people were together in that city where he has written uh, through the Holy Spirit, the second Thessalonians. And you know that Thessalonians from the map appearing here is the one that used to be the second city in Europe that the gospel had reached out. The first city in Europe that the gospel has reached out was Philippi. Then you know the story of what happened in Philippi in Acts chapter 17. Then Paul, Silas, and uh, Timothy has moved to 
Corinthians, Thessalonians, and then after Thessalonians, they went to Berea, and that was the three cities in Macedonia. They have preached the gospel as the first three cities in Europe. So Thessalonians was the second city in Europe that Paul has shared the gospel with them. So the second the second thing is to clear the deceiving that the Lord, the day of the Lord has come. So uh, there was also a persecution of the people there, and they were asking all the people who has died in Christ, is, is it finished now for them when the Lord is coming again? And they have a lot of questions. So the Holy Spirit asked Paul to write this message to them to clear uh, the, the day of the Lord thing and also to encourage them to continue doing what God wants them to do until that day will come. So it's like 2,000 years ago, the question was, while you was waiting for Jesus, while we wait for Jesus, what you need to know and what you should do. And I just want to say something before I ask, I start clear, uh, you know, uh, talking about the four questions I have here is, the, the day of the Lord is different than the Lord's day. Today, Sunday, in the Bible written, if you read Revelation chapter 1, it's called the Lord's day. So Sunday is the Lord's day, which is the day of resurrection, and also the day of the Pentecost. The resurrection was on Sunday, and the Pentecost was on Sunday as well. So that's the Lord's day. But here is not the Lord's day, but it's the day of the Lord. And there is two different things between these two days in the Word of God. So uh, I will answer during this service uh, four questions. What is, the first question is, what is the day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? The second question is, what will happen on the day of the Lord? The third question, what should happen before the day of the Lord? Which will answer, do you know what is restraining him now? And the fourth question is, what we should do until then. So the first question is, what is the day of the Lord? Clear, what is the day of the Lord? And second question, what will happen on the day of the Lord? And third question, what should happen before the day of the Lord? And the fourth question, what should we do until then? The first question is, what is the day of the Lord? As I said before, it's not the Lord's day. It's not the joyful day that we come every Sunday to worship together. And even if we are in restrictions, we still worship together because the Holy Spirit is connecting us wherever we are. And that's the body of Christ. The body of Christ is we are connected through the Holy Spirit, whoever, wherever we are. So this is not the Lord's day. So. We need to clear this first. It is, I'm not going to go prophecies, but the word of God is the word of prophecy. And uh, as you, most of you know, one third of the Bible is prophecies. 
literally one third of the Bible is prophecies. There are prophecies has been fulfilled on the first coming of Jesus, and they are prophecies will be fulfilled on the second coming of Jesus. And as of the first prophecies that has been fulfilled on her first coming, completely, exactly, as has been written in the Old Testament about his first coming, has been completely done, accomplished, happened. So the second part is about his second coming will also exactly will happen. So we are in the intermediate between his first coming and second coming. So we see both of them. Something is history, confirmed history, confirmed by the word of God. And those as well, still prophecies, but it will happen. So this, the day of the Lord, if we read a lot of the Old Testament prophecies, especially the prophecies, the prophecy of Daniel or the book of Daniel, or if we read the book of Revelation, we will see what is the day of the Lord. But this day of the Lord is definitely a great tribulation. What we live now in this pandemic is not nothing related to the tribulation because this tribulation, I will confirm this to you later on today, but the great tribulation that will happen uh, the seven years, this will be happening only after the Lord will take his bride, after the Lord will take his body and connect it in the rapture day. And at that time, this day of the Lord will start with the seven years tribulation until the day that he will appear to this earth. And that's showing in verse number 10. In verse 10, he say, and with all wicked deception for those who are uh, deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth to be saved. And he is talking about the day of his appearance. If you uh, read with me verse 8, the last part, when he says, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth, and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So the day of the Lord is talking about the seven years of the tribulation ending with the appearance of his coming. So this is the day of the Lord. It's confirmed from a lot of passages in the word of God, but just to be short from this passage we have, it's the day that will end with the appearance with glory. We have lots of songs talking about his coming in glory. This is will happen. But before the glory, there will be a seven years tribulation, and this will end the day of the Lord. Then what will happen in this day of the Lord? Uh, it's not happening. What we will read now from the book of Zephaniah chapter 1, I will read with you a few verses from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 1. He, this book is mainly talking about the day of the Lord. But I will read a few verses, but you can read the whole book. It's a small book. It's, it's only three chapters. But this book of Zephaniah is one of the books talking or describing the day of the Lord. It's a, it's a rash day. It's a tough day. It's the day that... What we're seeing here in a pandemic is just nothing. This pandemic, it was just like 
and early, early, early signs for the people to know that there will be a difficult day coming. And the only, the only thing to do is to run to Jesus. I always say it like when Noah was building the ark, he was building it for a hundred years. And he was asking the people, come, be saved, go inside. They did not believe in him. They saw that he's crazy because there was no rain or any flood during that time. So he said that he's just crazy. But he was not crazy. So, and even the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke, he said, as it was at the time of Noah. So he wants to, to kill the people that one day this will happen again. So Saphania, in the first chapter, uh, verses 14, I'm going to read from verse 14 till verse 16, but you can read the whole passage. He say that in Saphania chapter 1, verse 14, and he started with, the great day of the Lord is near. So he's talking about the day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord is near. Near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day. A day of distress and anguish. A day of ruin and devastation. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of cloud and thick darkness. A day of trumpet blast and, and battle cry against the 40 field cities and again, it's the loft, lofty battlement. And he's taking on and on, and even he comes to verse 18, and he said, all the earth shall be consumed for a full and a sudden end. He will make of all the inhabitant of the earth. This day will come. This day is the day of the Lord. But I can tell a very good news. It's like the news of the gospel. If you are saved, you will not be living this day. You will be not living this day. We will be in the Father's house before this day will come. That was, that was happening in the Thessalonians. P Paul was talking to them about this day and some people told them, oh, we are living this day. So he sent to that people at that time, 2,000 years, no, we are not living in this day. Because for this day to come, there was few things that need to happen. So that will come to the second question. So we answered the first question of what is the day of the Lord? And the second question, what will happen on the day of the Lord. Then we come to the third question, and that will get us to the main passage again. And that will answer uh, some of the other question. What should happen before? And that's what Paul's saying to them. What should happen before the day of the Lord? First thing is the rapture of the church. He mentioned it here with two things. He said in verse 6, and I need you, my brother and sister, to read it carefully. He said, and you know that this day will not happen unless there is three things. The first thing is the rapture of the church. The Lord will take his bride. The Lord will take his body before anything happens. 
in verse 6, he said, and you know what is restraining him now so he may be revealed in his time. And in verse 7, he says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. So he's talking about what is restraining and he who now restrains. So he put two things, what and he. When he say what, he's talking about the church. The church is restraining him and he is mainly about the Holy Spirit. As far as the Holy Spirit is in devil in us, as far as the Holy Spirit is in, uh, inside us, that restraining this lawlessness man to appear and the day of the Lord to start. So there is two things restraining him, the church and the Holy Spirit. The church is what is restraining. And the Holy Spirit, he who now restrains it. So there's two things, and these two things is, are combined together, the church and the Holy Spirit in one verse, in the last words that has been written in the Bible. If we open together the last words that has been written in the Bible, that is the book of Revelation, chapter 22. If we read together verse 17, yeah, so the two things together here in the last few verses in the Bible, in Revelation 22, 17, and it says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. So in here, he was saying that both of the spirit and bride, the ones according to Second Thessalonians, are restraining him, this lawless man to appear, or this destruction, or this day of the Lord to start, both of them at the end of the revelation, they say to the Lord Jesus Christ, come, the spirit, which this Holy Spirit, and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. So he will not come until we gather together. This guy will not start. The, the destruction will happen in this world. What we expecting in the day of the Lord, as written in night, will not start until we gather together, until the pride and the Holy Spirit, because you know, guys, one, when we are rapid sharing there, when we go into the Father's house, the Holy Spirit will come with us, who endeavor in us. That's why it says in Revelation, the Spirit and the pride say come. And even the first verse in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the one we're reading now, it says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with him. So nothing will happen unless we gather together with him. So that's what Paul's saying. We will gather together. So that's what will happen before 
Number one is we gather together as a church, as the body with the head, as the pride with the bridegroom. All the Bible is talking about this in the New Testament. We need to be connected. We need to be gathered together with him. That's number one. Number two, he say it in verse uh, three, because he said in verse three, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless, and he said another two things, unless the rebellion comes first. And I think my brother and sisters, we living in an era where is all people around us are rebellions against God. I, I know 50, 40 years before, you will not hear the word no religion. No religion. I'm no religion. But these days, we hear it and the people say it with proud. They don't like God. They hate God. They don't want Him. That is the rebellion. It's the apostasy. Everything is just like we don't need God. Act of refusing to continue to obey and follow God or any or, 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 or Jesus. So he said, when you live in this day, and that's why somebody said we are the terminal generation. We really are the terminal generation. We live this day. Go back 40, 50 years. You will not hear these things that we're hearing now just completely against God. They are, they walk away from Jesus. They don't like Jesus. They don't like God. So that's the apostasy. They are falling away. And everything that we felt that this is right is now wrong. And everything that, that it was wrong now is right. We are living this day. So I want you guys to cheer up because uh, uh, he is coming very soon. Because we're living the day that the rebellion comes. The rebellion came. And if we try to um, understand it differently, we will not get it. But this is the day that the rebellion is so huge. The second thing or the third thing is the lawlessness man will appear. From 9 to 12, as I said, after we gather together with the Lord... And we live in the rebellion time, the apostasy time, the falling away in time. There will be a third thing before the appearance of the Lord. Is a man, lawless man will come. And if we read from verse 9 to 12, we will see what this man will do. Um, and what will happen as well during that time is you surprised when you read verse 11. Therefore, God sends them. Everyone did not accept the truth, accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, accept to be saved and redeemed by what has been happening in the cross 2,000 years. It says in verse 11, Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. Think it yourself. Do you think now? Don't answer anyone, just answer yourself. Do we live now with a strong delusion that, we be, that people believe of what is false? 
in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The last question and the very important for us because we know now where we are. We know now where we stand. But what we should do, my brothers and sisters, until then. And that's, and that's the main question of the whole series. While we wait for Jesus, while we know that he will save us from this tribulation, he will save us from the day of construction. He will save us from the day of the Lord. What we should do. First thing is, do you know that also Peter has talked about this day of the Lord. So we're going to talk, we're going we're gonna to go to Peter answer. I'm not going to answer it myself. But I will answer of what Peter said. And when he talked about this, the day of the Lord or the day of God, when he said in his epistle, these verses, my brother and sister, are the last thing that Peter has written. Definitely the last ones because in the same message of Second Peter, he was saying that I know that my day is near. I am very close to accomplish my duty in this earth. So he wrote this message, Second Peter, and he mentioned about, you can read also, it's only three chapters about the day of the Lord. But he said, what we, he answered, what we should do until then. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 till verse 13. And he says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? In lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heaven will set on fire and dissolve, and the heavenly bodies will melt and they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. So he said here, until that day of God comes, the day of Theos will come, we need to live a holy life and a godly life. So we need to pray, we need to intercede, we need to share the gospel with everyone around us. I know lots of people around you did not want to hear it, but at least if they don't want to hear it, Let's let them see it in us. If they don't want to, want to hear it, let them see Jesus in us. Because when they see Jesus in us, they might ask the question, why you're different? So if you can't speak, at least live. And that's what Paul, uh, Peter is saying. In lives of holiness and godliness. So when they will see lives of holiness and godliness, and waiting and hastening for the coming of the day of God. So we need to wait for him. So let's pray. Let's intercede. Let's talk. Let's share the gospel. And if we can't share it, 
by our mouth as we can share it by our love, lives. And when we share it with our life, it will be more strong than we just say it as words. And I always say that, that the question that what we will answer in front of the seat of Christ, because all the believers will stand on the seat of Christ before they take the crowns, and the question will be, did they see Jesus in me? You can ask this question to you. Did they say, say, see Jesus in me? Did they see Jesus in you? That's what Peter said. Until he comes, live a, li a lives of holiness and godliness. And the second thing which I will, I want you to, to say it as a song, not as something you say, but as something you sing, is what I have read a few minutes ago from the book of Revelation. Let's, I say, sing it together. While we're waiting for Jesus, let's sing it together. Verse 17 in Revelation chapter 22. If you are part of the pride, you need to say it. And it says, the spirit and the pride say, come. So you say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. So I'm not going to say, come. Sing, come, because that's a big song. Come, Lord Jesus Christ. And let the one who is thirsty come. And I think all the people around us are very thirsty, especially during what's happening in the last 18 months and the restrictions that in every part of the world is applied. People are thirsty. People are, you know, doesn't know what to do and they don't know what is, will happen tomorrow. They thirsty. But it says, let the one who desires take the water of life without a price. Give the people the water of life without price. Tell them about the gospel. So let's sing it, this verse again, and I'll pray with you. The spirit and the pride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for this Epstein, I thank you for the message that you have given to Paul to write to us. I thank you because you saved us from that day. All these prophecies we're talking about, an awful, tough day, the day that they will cry to the mountain to fall on them because there is no hope. The day where there will be no hope. But we are living on a day that there is hope in you, Lord. We are not saying this because we are Christian. We are saying because Christ, Jesus Christ, is the only way. So we pray, Lord, that let us concentrate on doing what you want us to do. Pray for people. Intercede for people. Live the life that you want us to live in holiness. And saying... Highly every day, come Lord Jesus, 
Come, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because you are our teacher. Thank you for the word that is between our hands to tell us we can't understand the news. We can't understand what was going on in this earth unless we read your scripture, unless we understand your scripture. We thank you for it. In your precious name I pray. Amen.